It's a holly jolly Christmas special for the entire family. Don't miss Rudolph, Sunday, December 4th, in color on most of these stations. It's the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Join Spud, Gerald, Dorothy, and world-famous Chance the Intern as they ring in the holidays in the unique Spud Goodman style. Now, to start things off, here is Accordion Joe, previously recorded. Jingle bell time is a swell time to go a rockin' in a one off sleigh. Oh, lady, up the jingle horse, pick up your feet, jingle around the clock. Mixing the jingle in a jingle in time. That's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell, that's the jingle bell rock. The Spud Goodman Show, and here he is, Mr. Yuletide himself, Spud Goodman! Merry Christmas and Feliz Navidad. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to our annual gala Christmas special, the Pandemic Edition. Yeah, uh, time will tell how special this one actually is. Over the years, it's been hit and miss. You know, a couple of them were pretty lame, but... Let's be positive and hope this one turns out well. Christmas! Ha! Humbug! Having to do this from home remotely, you know, given the current state of affairs, is, is not ideal for a holiday celebration, but it, it looks like all of us will just have to adjust this year, right? What, what choice do we have? So let's get started by me introducing our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Can you give us a holiday chortle? How about that? I know it might be tough to pull off on short notice, but give it a shot. Oh, Spud, I would really need sufficient time to rehearse any holiday-specific laughing. Here's a basic chuckle. <laughs> and that will have to do. All right, okay. I can live with it. And now Good. I'm supposed to acknowledge our, our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. As it's the holiday season, go ahead and say a couple words. A, a couple? Like like two? <clears throat> okay. How about Merry Christmas? Um, you, you were good at how about, but, you know, you, you kind of had to push the limits, though, didn't you? Uh, well. I, I will allow the Merry Christmas addendum as it's holiday season. Yeah, you, you added it. So so now I'm going to introduce our intern, Chance. Uh, he insists I include his full title um, bestowed on him by management, the most popular person on this show. Uh, when I say his name, you know, the, the suits seem to, to be so concerned about keeping him happy. I don't understand it. So just go ahead and say how happy you are to be here or something. I, I've been instructed not to cut you off, so go ahead. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope everyone's making the best of these trying times. It has presented challenges to us all, and I believe that no, no, this no, year... Now you're encroaching, on my, you're encroaching on my territory as host, okay? If anyone is going to say and sound informed about the problems people around the world are experiencing, that would be me. I know how trying these times are. 2020 totally sucked, and that is not fake news. 
Yeah, sweetie, maybe it's best you let Spud sit at the head of the table. No matter how popular you are, and yes, how inspirational you are, it would be wise to take a step back. Very wise advice for your fiance, Aunt Dorothy. Yes! Dorothy, I'll honor your wishes because it is Christmas. I guess there's no need for me to totally humiliate someone at this time of the year. Oh, good choice, Chance. I learned a long time ago that poking the bear just brings with it too much turmoil on the show. Just continue to bite your tongue if possible. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, hey, I'm on the line, you know. I mean, I can hear you guys talking behind my back, but I, I'm just going to be the better person and move along. All right? Well, let's hear some holiday music right now. Oh, uh, yeah. So this one is by the one and only Mr. Holiday Spirit himself, Iggy Pop. Uh, this is this is White Christmas, so enjoy.
This is the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Uh, Spud, your first guest, Macy Gray, is holding for you. All right, man, Macy is such a talented performer. I mean, such a unique voice and a good actress, too. She's out promoting her new nonprofit organization, My Good, at this time. It's really cool we got her on the show. Uh, you know, I I've heard of her, but I'm not familiar with her music. Of course you're not. Uh, she's just released 10 studio albums wow. and received five Grammy Award nominations. Just put her through. Yeah. Oh, here she is. Welcome to the show, singer, songwriter, actress, and social justice activist, Macy Gray. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. You too. Happy holidays to you too. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. So, Macy, you've built a nonprofit organization, My Good. Uh, can you give our listeners some information about its goals and the community you're serving? Yes, it's called MyGood.org, and, and what we do is we uh, support families who have lost loved ones due to police violence. Um, so in the aftermath of, of someone, of the death of someone that you love, of course, there's funeral costs, medical bills, um, our number one is mental health services. We have a lot, you know, some moms and dads who couldn't return to work because they were so emotionally devastated by what happened. And uh, so we, that's where we come in help people uh, get through it and get back on their feet. It's not an anti police organization. We're not against the police. It's just, we're just here for those families who, unfortunately, have to go through something like that. All right. All right. Okay. Um, well, 2020 is a period of time that will go down as, as one that will be seared, I guess. I would, You could say in the memory of most people in this country and around the world, some, some horrendous things occurred. But, but out of this human tragedy, you know, too long to list, you, you and others have attempted to create answers, you know, to longstanding problems. Are you hopeful at this point as far as the response you've, you've witnessed to your efforts? Oh, yeah, we've gotten uh, amazing support. It's, it's very new, you know, so a lot of people don't know about it yet, but uh, we're, we're doing well, and we've been able to help a lot of people, which I'm very proud of. Okay, all right, super. Well, Macy, as a recording artist, I think it would be accurate to say you're clearly unique. Uh, you've taken many creative risks over the course of your career. Are you fearless and just refuse to worry about stuff? Because most stars have everything micromanaged, you know, by others. Mm-hmm. Am, am I fearless? Yeah, I mean, you, you do things your way. I mean, most stars have so many people with their hands in the in the mix, you know, trying to control, you know, the, everything coming out. And you, 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 yeah, I would just say you're fearless. You, you, yeah. Oh, thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just do what I do. You know, I haven't really analyzed it. I'm glad you thought that about me because I never thought about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just, all you can do is go out and do you every day. You know, that's what, that's what I've been doing. All right, all right, super. Being made straight, I think. Right. Well, okay. Well, you've appeared in many movies and TV shows over the years, but I read that you at one time wanted to be a screenwriter. Do you ever ask the director to maybe let you do a quick rewrite before the camera rolls for your dialogue? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was actually one movie where I 
told the director I didn't like my dialogue and he never ever called me again so I guess you have to be very careful about that in Hollywood but um because I didn't know that he was the one that actually wrote it <laughs> oh so, but anyway um you know most I mean the whole point of being a part of a film is because you like the script you know and you like the story so right um so it, that kind of works out if, if you pick the right you know, if you pick the movie. Okay, all right, super. Well, you also appeared on Bravo's Celebrity Poker Showdown and finished third, which is, was pretty impressive. Do you have a good poker face? I think I do. I'm not sure. I've played a game, you know, back when you could play poker. And right. I, the guy next to me kept looking at me. He seemed to pick up on my little poker face, so I might have <laughs> okay. Uh, what was the hand that beat you uh, at the end? Oh my god, I get the worst bad beats. Oh my god. Like, you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's just not your life, you know, but probably, let me see. Oh, I did get one of those, like, you know, at some casinos they give you a huge. Uh-huh. Like, you get these huge bonuses if you have these really bad beats. So like if uh, you have a full house, and then the other, but the other person has a um, a quad. Yes. Then then the casino pays you like ten thousand dollars. Pretty cool. Oh, so some bad beats are good for you. <laughs> oh, that'd, that'd be very cool. All right. Well, let me hit you with a ho- let me hit you with a holiday question, uh, Macy. Uh, you know, it's it is the holiday season. So what what are your plans? I'm going to be stuck in my apartment, but you know, I don't mind you know being by myself. As I, you know, I, I just do what I do. That's what I do every year. You know, watch Christmas Vacation on repeat for a couple of days. Are you a big Christmas person? Yeah, I love the, the holidays. We we have uh, a lot of fun around here, but. Um, yeah, this one's gonna be. Everybody's gonna have to be creative and use their imagination this year. And, yeah. And it's good. I think it's good that everybody has to kind of rethink stuff and find out new things about themselves. You know, we're all learning things about ourselves that we didn't know before. And um, and Christmas is gonna be no different. You know, you're gonna have to do Christmas a little differently. And, and you know, you'll work it out. It'll be okay. You know what I mean? Yep, well, that's the plan, so all right. Spud. Yes? Well, I know you feel that Christmas Vacation is the number one holiday movie ever made. But yes, I, do. I have to say that I disagree. First of all, it's way too raunchy to be an appropriate family holiday movie. I know my wife would never let us watch that kind of thing, especially at this sacred time of year. Uh, Macy, just a sec. Christmas Vacation will always be the best holiday season movie ever made. No discussions needed. It wins in a landslide. I think maybe you're just not aware of some of the other memorable Christmas movies out there. You know, the Hallmark Channel has so many beautiful holiday classics, such as A Cranberry Christmas, starring Nikki DeLoach and Benjamin Ayers. Yeah. That was a great one. And okay. oh, how about... Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater, starring Ashley Williams and Niall Matter. That is a Holcomb family favorite. And I can't leave out Jingle Bell Bride, starring Julie Gonzalo Uh, and Ronnie Rowe Jr. Our family pretty much knows dialogue from that one by heart. And we recite it back to the TV screen when we watch it each year. That is so disturbing. Hashtag sad. 
I have no further comment. Let me get back to Macy. Uh, sorry about that, but I have returned. Well, let, let me close with my standard talk show host question. Uh, Macy Gray, what has been your most memorable moment? And in your case, how about as a recording artist? Uh, probably my first, uh, the first time I headlined a festival. Um, there's a big festival in London called, well, it's not in London, it's in England, but it's called Glastonbury. It's like, oh yeah. They were like before Coachella. And, um, and I headlined there and it was like 300,000 people and they all knew my song. And you hear all the people singing your songs. And not just I tried, like they knew every word of every song, and that was, that's a pretty amazing uh, feeling, so I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, I, I know you got to get going. So let me say again, your nonprofit organization, My Good, is now accepting donations at mygood.org and can be found on Facebook, too. Um, just th thanks so much for coming on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ms. Happy holidays. Yes. Ms. Yeah. Macy Gray, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Fifteen shopping days till Christmas, hurry up and get yours done. Then you'll find that you'll have time to also have a little fun. All right, let's get back to the holiday music. This one is from Bowling for Soup, and it's titled Santa Looks a Lot Like Daddy.
You're listening to the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. So, Spud, living alone, it must be pretty tough this year with everyone pretty much being, uh, you know, staying at home, not inviting visitors over for Christmas dinner. I know you would be welcome at our dinner table any other year for sure. I mean, we've invited you over for many years and you've never come and experienced a Holcomb family Christmas. With Razzleberry dressing. Yeah, I think I'll be fine with a Zoom Christmas experience this year. Uh, All right. Other than the, the, the holiday desserts, I'm not big on turkey or a goose. I don't eat birds, you know. I mean, why do you think they call them fowl? I've said that to many people over the years. Oh, Nobody has yes. a good response. Yes, but it's true. You are a very finicky eater, especially during the holidays. I know his mom would usually just make him a grilled cheese sandwich for Christmas dinner. Seriously. I wouldn't mind you fixing one of those for me, Dorothy. My mom makes a great grilled cheese. A grilled cheese sandwich on Christmas? Uh, that's so sad to hear. Uh, Spud, we could send over a little holiday care package. Uh, I could leave it at your apartment door. My wife makes a scrumptious lutefisk dish. Uh, it's a <laughs> long-held family recipe, and she guards the uh, she guards it closely. Now, you you do eat lutefisk, right? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Uh, Luda, what? Lutefisk. It's a fish dish, uh, a Scandinavian treat, and it's salted cod pickled in lye and then later steamed with loving care. Uh, I think I'd rather eat a handful of thumbtacks. No thanks, all right? If I get hungry, I have plenty of Jiffy Pop and cereal. Uh, Spud. I believe your uncle and his little friend Jerry are holding for you. Uh, do you want to take the call? You know, you know my opinion of putting him and his comfort dummy on this show. It never goes well. Well, he's family, okay? What can I say? I'm in a difficult position. It's not that easy. Yeah. Especially now that the Goodman family won't be getting together this Christmas. The least I can do is, is put him on this holiday special. Put him through. <laughs> Spud, are, are you there? Yeah. Jerry and I wanted to say we have your Christmas present, but since we won't be having a family thing this year, how should we get it to you? But, but what's that, Jerry? No, 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 that would be selfish. No, I don't agree. I can just pick it up sometime next month. I mean, maybe things will be better uh, so, so we can hang out for a bit with masks, you know, a face shield and gloves on for sure. Uh, Jerry prefers gators. He likes to pretend he is a bank robber sometimes at home. Most of the time, he gives me back the money he takes when he's done playing around. But he feels his personal freedom is violated with a mask or a face shield. He has no problem with rubber gloves, though. What, what's that, Jerry? Oh, oh okay, well, you, you tell him. Spud, we got you a big Costco pumpkin pie for Christmas. Actually, to be honest, we bought it last Christmas and forgot to give it to you as we drew your name in the gift exchange. It's been in the freezer since. As we won't be seeing you for a while, can we just eat it? It'll have mold on it by the time the pandemic is over and, and we can get together. I'm pretty sure mold doesn't grow on anything in the freezer, but, but since I'm not fond of pumpkin pie, sh sure, go ahead. Enjoy my present. I just don't like to make toys. Really? Cool. Uh, Jerry, at least save a piece for Spud. 
we can put it in a Tupperware container and it'll last a while in the fridge before any mold grows on it. Um, hey, Steve, Merry Christmas to you both. I'll call you this weekend. Oh, sounds good, Dorothy. We should go now. Jerry is ready to dig into that pumpkin pie. Bye. Still, no matter how you explain it, a man who is not a ventriloquist and carries around a dummy, well, it, it remains very disturbing. There are all kinds of perversions. Everyone has a relative or two, you know, that's a little different. And don't think you don't. You may not want to look too closely at the people, you know, at your next family reunion. Well, I, I promise you, if you take a really close look, yeah. Anyway, now let's hear some more holiday tunes. This one is from Frank Sidebottom. It's called I Wish It Could Be Christmas. When the snowman comes to town, I put on my dressing gown. And little Frank puts his dressing gown on too. Oh, bloody, I've come in early. When the snowman comes to town, I put on my dressing gown. And little Frank puts his matching dressing gown body on too. Slippers on my feet But little Frank stays at home Cause he can't run Oh yeah I wish it could be Christmas every day Cause I'd get lots of lovely Christmas presents every day I wish it could be Christmas every day Because the one You've just got time to grab yourself a fresh eggnog because the Spud Goodman Christmas Special returns in just a moment. Songs and laughter fill the air. Everyone is freed from care when they help to trim the Christmas tree. Tinsel bells and silver stars, peppermint sticks and chocolate bars you will find upon the Christmas tree. There's such fun helping out with decorations Though they may not be original creations But you will have a jolly time at mistletoe and holly time Trimming the Christmas tree You're listening to the Spud Goodman Christmas Special Spud, your next guest, Steve Sharippa, is waiting to speak with you yeah, okay. You know, as a as a huge Sopranos fan, I am pumped to speak with Steve. I know he's an actor, but he sure seems like a believable mobster. He's now promoting the CBS show he's on, Blue Bloods, you know, where he plays a detective. But to me, he will always be Bobby Bacalari, you know, one of Tony's capos. Oh, Steve is on Blue Bloods? Yeah. Uh, you know how much I, and of course your aunt, love that show. Wow. Yeah, it's a good thing my... Aunt is on hold right now. I guess she's on a bathroom break. Uh, so put him through before she comes back on the phone and uh, hears oh, yeah. I'm talking to someone from Blue Bloods. I mean, he's not that many degrees away from, you know, the actor crush of her life, Tom Selleck. So let me get this thing done now. Just just put put him on. Hurry. Oh, okay. Okay. Here, here he is. 
Say hello to actor and author Steve Sharippa. Happy holidays and thanks for coming on our show, man. How you doing? Merry Christmas. No happy holidays. Come on. Yeah, you're, he got me there. All right. Well, well Steve, you, you're currently co-starring. All on right. This, yeah, yeah. You're currently co-starring on the CBS show Blue Bloods, airing Friday nights at 10, 9 central. It's a favorite of my Aunt Dorothy's. She's had a crush on Tom Selleck for a few decades. I think it's the mustache. So so it's back for season 11, right? That's a long ride for any show. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, season 11. I came on in uh, season six. show is as popular as ever. It seems to be one of those shows that keeps getting more popular as the years gone on, you know. Uh, I think it's that family dynamic that they really like. And uh, Tom Selleck, uh, iconic, iconic TV legend. Uh, Great guy. You know, Tom's 75 years old, in great shape. Six foot four, big strapping guy, and you know he leads the charge there. You know, so tell uh, yeah. authority he's a really good guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, as yeah. is the entire cast, and uh, you know. Well, 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 I got to ask you: Was it strange going from a mobster on The Sopranos to a police detective on Blue Bloods? That's a one hundred and eighty for any actor. Uh, yes and no. You know. Uh, I enjoy playing this guy. Uh, I, I enjoy playing a cop because cops come up to you and they're very nice and they're encouraging and I'm very much a pro-cop guy uh, as opposed to playing a mobster and you're in a restaurant and a guy comes over and gives you a tip how to strangle someone. So you, you're dealing with a little better class of uh, 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 kind of fan in a way, you know? Uh, uh, different kind of fan, you know? So. I enjoy playing this guy uh, uh, very much, you know. Well, speaking of, of The Sopranos, uh, you and Michael Imperioli uh, now have a podcast, Talking Sopranos, right? Yeah, it's a Soprano rewatch. Uh, we started it in April. Uh, we get about 200,000 people listening and watching. Uh, it's on YouTube and anywhere where you get your podcasts. And, uh, uh, it's uh, we give you a little peek behind the curtain. We have guests, uh, actors, writers, directors from the show, uh, uh, and uh, you know we talk about their experience on the show. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We give you uh, scene by scene. Uh, rewatch of the entire series. We're in the middle, I think we're up to number 36 or 37. Monday is Pine Barrens, one of the most famous episodes, and Steve Buscemi will be on. He he directed it. So uh, if you're a Soprano fan, it is a must-watch. Well, were you okay with how you went out on the show getting whacked at the hobby shop? Were you really bummed when you did the table read and found out Bobby was going down in a hail of gunfire, you know, all over like those model trains and stuff? Not really. Not at that time because the show was, uh, you know, it was ending and I made it to the next last episode. So I was happy about that. And uh, I wasn't a table read. David Chase actually came to my house and told me in person, kind of like a real uh, hit was going down, you know. So, uh, yeah, no, I wasn't bummed. At that point, it was like, hey, you know, the show's over. I made it to the end. And... uh, also, it was a good way to go out, you know. If they killed you the right way, uh, it was good, you know. All right. Yeah, well, you know, when Michael was on our show, he said he was okay when he went out because it was time for Christopher to go. I guess I guess you all kind of, like, feel that, you know, before, I don't know. I don't know. 
Well, I would if I, I tell you what, if I would have, uh, if it would have happened early on, if I would have been like in season two or three or four, I would have felt terrible. But since it was the end of the show, uh, I was getting paid. Uh, you know, anything goes. It was towards the end and it kind of knew anything goes. Whatever happens, happens, you know. Uh, uh, and at that point, like I said, I made it to the next to last episode, so. Right. Well, well, Steve, did you grow up in a neighborhood in New York populated by mobsters? I mean, not, not like a total Scorsese movie, but somewhat colorful? Oh, it was like a total Scorsese movie. Oh. Huh. It was very much that where I grew up. I grew up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, which in the 60s and 70s and 80s, I guess even into the 90s, was very much uh, a mob enclave, you know. Uh, uh, and you didn't know, you know, you did know who some mobsters were, but, you know, they were just people you knew. They lived on your block. They lived across the street. They were your little league coach, your friend's uncle. Uh, you know, they were around. This was uh, uh, social clubs everywhere. It was a very safe neighborhood. But uh, you went to school with guys that became mobsters. Uh, I played Little League with guys that became mobsters. It was very much presence. Not everyone, of course, but they were there. Wow. Did, did you have to be, like, careful uh, as a kid which house you trick-or-treated at? Like, the ones that for sure there would be no tricks, even if they gave you lame candy. Listen, uh, you didn't have to be careful there. I mean, it was, like I said, it was a safe neighborhood. They gave you, some some guys, like wise guys, they would give you a dollar huh. for wow. trick-or-treating. And when you were a kid, that's a lot of money. And the word would get out, and suddenly there's a line outside, and there's some uh, a fat guy in a guinea t-shirt uh, handing out dollar bills in your trick-or-treat bag. So that's not too bad. No, man, that, that that's great. All right, hey, well, you, as an author, you've written three books on being a Goomba. Uh, Goomba, A Goomba's Guide to Life, The Goomba Book of Love, and The Goomba Diet. For those not aware, what is a Goomba, and is the bar set really high for those who want to be a productive Goomba? Uh, a Goomba is a friend, a compadre. Oh. It's a it's a slang term. It could be used derogatory, but it's not what I mean in these books. Uh, they were they were comedy books about uh, growing up Italian, and uh, uh, one was a New York Times bestseller. I've also wrote books, uh, kids books, Nikki Deuce. Uh, it were turned into a movie for Nickelodeon. Oh, I sure. also wrote a book about raising daughters called Big Daddy's Rules. Uh, I have a new book coming out based on our podcast called Talking Sopranos. It'll be out next fall. It's an oral history of the Sopranos by me and Michael Imperioli. So, all kinds of stuff. All right, super. See, Spud? Yes. Well, have you ever given thought to writing your own book? Maybe like Stevens, talking the Sopranos? You could do one called Talking the Spud Goodman Show, you know? The oral history of this show. And who knows? It might sell a few copies. Uh, Steve, I need a brief moment here. Writing a book would be like a whole lot of work. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to go out on a, a book tour, you know, promoting it, like when this stupid pandemic is over. Uh, I would have to do a lot of those weak-ass morning shows, though. That that would be the downside, you know, plugging it. But but I would get to stay at hotels with room service, and, and I think your publisher pays for everything, so there is that. Well, 
I know writing a regular book might be too much of a challenge for you, but maybe a short paperback or even a pamphlet would be more realistic. What? What? You don't think I could write a regular book if if I set my mind to it? Well, yeah. you know. Well, Maybe a pamphlet might be the smarter route to go. I, I get it, but uh, but I, I would still get to go out on, on a promotional tour, you know, and, and I might even be able to get someone to ghostwrite the thing, like like Trump did with his books. And I could give them out as Christmas gifts, too. And and on top of it, all of it, I could write it off. It's possible. Yeah. Hey, I'll think about it. But just let me get back to Steve right now. All right. Well, let let me say again that your CBS series Blue Bloods is back for season 11 on Friday nights at 10, 9 central. And people can still check out your work on The Sopranos via demand at HBO and your podcast where you discuss all things Sopranos, uh, talking Sopranos. That is the title of it. Uh, and that show is still one of the best American TV shows of all time. Let me say that. So just thanks so much for coming on our show. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, man. You take care. Only ten more shopping days before it's Christmas. You can get your shopping done if you will hasten. So get busy. Time's a wasting. How about another holiday tune? I can't get enough of them myself. Here is Grandpa's Last Christmas by the Vandals. Mommy! Moses, put on your Christmas bed. Grandpa's coming down this year and it might be his last. Why, Mom? Goodman Christmas Special. Spud, our show's orchestra, Accordion Joe, is holding on the line. Uh, should we just leave him on hold like usual? Good call, yo. 
You know, I'm a little soft, too, when it comes to Accordion Joe. Regardless of this being the holidays, uh, we really did screw him over when we went to a recorded version of him to open this show. It's not a secret. You know, we've we've talked about this on, on the program more than a few times. It, yeah, it made sense that, that we did it, but it, we, we still put him out of work. Just put the guy through mm. just for a few seconds. If he plays the accordion, I'm going to hang up and go clean my room. My mom will be home soon, and I don't want her to yell at me. Sweetie, you really shouldn't have to be told to clean up your room. It's something that we all have to do. We've discussed this, and we each will have our duties when you move in after the wedding. Oh, I'll do all my chores, Dorothy. I know husbands need to take care of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, put accordion Joe through, please. Uh, Joe, are you there? Spud, I have been on hold for 35 minutes. As always, I'm going to play a Christmas song on the holiday special. I was beginning to think you were going to punk me again this year. So, uh, hey, can I play now? Um, well, uh, can you do a really short Christmas song as we're, we're running late here? Uh, like a couple minutes? Uh, shorter. Well, how about a minute? Uh, shorter. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, all right, down Santa Claus Lane. Spinning, spinning, on his reindeer, tugging on the rain. Uh, Joe, we're going to have to end there. Uh, I'm sorry. What? What? I only played a few bars of the medley I had prepared. You're worth more dead than you are alive. Well, a little accordion playing goes a long way, man. Uh, Merry Christmas, though. So here, here's another holiday tune, and, and without any accordion on it, too. It's by Dash Riprock, and it's titled Christmas in El Paso. Here it is. Bye. 
This is the Spud Goodman Christmas Special. Uh, Spud, your last guest, George Wallace, is ready to go on the phone. All right. He's a very funny man and a good guest, you know. Um, you do remember him, right? I guess he has a, a new book out he's promoting. He He's kind of Mr. Las Vegas, but with what's going on now, I guess he had you know time to write the book. Well, you know, we stand-up comedians always need to keep our skills sharp, even during pandemics. I, I don't know that I've mentioned this to you before, but I've given thought of writing a book myself. Oh. Uh, not so much a book on comedy, but, uh, you know, more on life's humorous moments. Uh, life is tough enough for everyone without you trying to entertain the world, okay? And I use the word entertain loosely. Uh, yeah, uh, especially if you throw in any of your lame jokes. As I have said on many occasions... Calling yourself a stand-up comedian after, you know, a few open mic nights is so wrong. I mean, I once closed a cut on my finger with Elmer's glue, and it was, it was like bleeding everywhere. Uh, should I then call myself an ER surgeon? Probably not. Uh, please put George through, okay? Uh, you know, most of my jokes are not lame, but uh, here's George. All right, welcome back to the show, comedian and author George Wallace. I uh, hope everything's Jim Dandy for you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Now, are you Spud or are you Jim Dandy? Uh, no, I'm Spud. I'm Spud. Well, I asked you how you were doing. You said Jim Dandy. you got to make up your mind what you want to be. This is Dr. George Wallace. How are you today? Pretty? Oh, well, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So, George, you have a new book out titled Bull Twit and Whatnot, The Online Ramblings of George Wallace with a foreword by Patton Oswalt. Uh, I guess you had a lot of downtime this year and found the time to put out another book, huh? Yeah, you know, I've been doing comedy as a stand-up comedian. I've been doing comedy since 1883. And I thought, I got a lot of jokes uh, uh, here. Why should I give them away for free? And then I thought about it. I said, well... There's tons of people would never get to see me, so why not uh, just uh, put these in a little book, a little ramblings, and have some fun with it? And sure enough, I'm glad I did it. I'm meeting people I've never done before. I'm doing thoughts that I don't normally do on stage. And Twitter has become one of my favorite things to do. And uh, these are little quips, uh, you know, things about uh, how stupid I am. I don't play by the rules. I'll eat cupcakes out of a pan and pancakes out of a cup because I'm different, okay? I'm a rebel. And you learn about all of these things, how poor I was growing up. Right. My dog only had, we were so poor, my dog only had one rabies. So there's a lot of fun putting these little clips in the book, and it's just great. And people are laughing and having fun everywhere. And the forward of the book is written by my good friend, Pat Oswald. Now, my best friend is Jerry Seinfeld. Yes. He really ticked off at me because he didn't get a chance to write the forward of this book. And well, uh, when people don't know what Jerry Seinfeld, I am the real George on Seinfeld. I'm his roommate for 13 years. I was best man in his wedding, and I'm the father of his kids. So, um, so that's the story on that. Um, well, you know, you mentioned growing up. I, I didn't ask you this before, and I know you've been hit up a billion times, you know, about this question. But I, I want to hit you up with it. So, um, you know, growing up in Georgia uh, in the 60s. 
with that other guy named George Wallace, that racist governor of Alabama who later ran for president, the original MAGA man, were there moments when his name caused any issues for you, like when you were younger? Not, not at all. When I, well, I grew up with the nickname Governor. I went to the University of Akron in Akron, Ohio, and everybody on campus called me Governor, Governor Wallace. And in school, and uh, it was a lot of fun, actually, and I decided, I didn't even think about it. My dad is George Wallace. Okay. My real name is Henry Wallace. My real name is Henry Wallace. And when I got to California, there, there was an act already by the name of uh, Henry Wallace. So I chose the name George Wallace. I said, I'm going to make that a good name. And that's what I did, and I am the George Wallace, okay? Yes, you uh, are. Um, hey, well, speaking, well, of, speaking of Jerry, do, do you hear, you know, do you hear from him? And is he going crazy not being able to perform live like you are? I'm sure you're feel, going a little, uh, yeah. Well, like I said, we've been best friends for 45 years. We talk five times a day, so we're going through the same program. We want to get back on stage, but we're not in a hurry to get on stage. You know, we love what we do. We have a, our passion is to make people laugh, and uh, but we're not in too big, but we want everything to be right. A tight comedy room for us. We've done a hundred thousand shows already, so we can wait. Right. Uh, a comedy room is pretty tight for us, and I know I'm. Thank God for the young kids that are getting back out there making people laugh. But for a guy that's been doing comedy for forty-five years, we want the situation to be right because. I see devils and, and going out of my mouth and uh, drip droplets going out of my mouth. I'm spitting all the time. And, and when people laugh, what's coming out of their stomach? And so we're not ready to hit the stage just yet. With the vaccine coming in pretty soon, we're getting ready to go to work. But we do have the opportunity to do these jokes that gave me a chance to write this book, both Twit and whatnot. Uh, Spud? Yes. Well, I know that we are not going to have a show Christmas party this year due to the public health situation, but I was wondering, how about we set up a Zoom show party? You know, it would let us share in the holiday spirit together on a remote basis. Uh, George, I'll be back in a minute. You know I always skip the show Christmas party or, or bail, you know, early after the presents are exchanged. I'm already doing a Goodman family Zoom thing. Why, why would I want to stare into a, a computer screen again on, to do another one and, and, and just you know, and be with my coworkers while they're pretending they're having fun on this Christmas? Well, that's a well, drag. I still plan on having fun this year, even though it won't be the same. Uh, well, yeah, I get it. We all should make the best of, of it. You know, I mean, yeah, I understand that. But that will mean that I would have to, like, fake like I'm having a good time on two separate Zoom things. And I don't have the energy to do it. I got the family thing. I'm going to deal with that. And also, I have a whole list of shows that I want to watch on a TV, not a freaking laptop. So I'm just going to I'll pass on the, the computer party, okay? I understand. I'll send you a quick email later in the day on Christmas, maybe with a picture or two of the Holcomb family enjoying our holiday dinner. You know, to, to pick up your yeah, day. Yeah, 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 you do that. Now let me return to George and finish this damn interview. Well, let me end this conversation with this. Uh, George Wallace, if you could grant the world a Christmas wish for 2021, what would it be? Love, laugh, and enjoy life. When you stop laughing, you stop living. Laughter is free medicine. It's the best medicine. And it's the, that's why we encourage you to overdose on laughter. Keep it in the reach of children. Make sure you enjoy your life. I'm George Wallace. I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Stay safe. 
Wow. That's well said. So right back at you, too. Uh, Well, let me say again, you have a new book out titled Bull to It and Whatnot, The Online Ramblings of George Wallace, with a foreword by Patton Oswalt, available everywhere books are sold, and if not, ask for it. Hey, thanks thanks a bunch for coming back on our show. You got a deal, and it's sold only at georgewallace.net because I don't want anybody taking my money. They just be charging me. So georgewallace.net. All right, and there you go. If the site is crashed, you keep trying. Thank you so much. I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Mr. George Wallace, Merry Christmas. That's Dr. George Wallace. Don't you feel better since you're talking to me? I do, actually. <laughs> All right, super. <laughs> four, 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 shopping days till Christmas now. Only four more shopping days till Christmas now. Hurry, 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 Well, like I said earlier, 2020 is the worst year ever. You know what I mean. But still, after a few cool holiday tunes, I'm feeling a little bit better. I know you are susceptible to depression this time of year, Spud. Please call me Winter. So far on this special, I think you've kept it together fairly well. Don't get me wrong, your effort level was still lacking, but... I know the demons you carry around in your head, so I say, well done. Oh, I think this was one of our best Christmas specials ever, Mrs. Jarvitz. Now, the music Spud selected was not exactly what I would have chosen to celebrate the coming birthday of our Lord. But, you know, it's the thought that counts. I I know you meant well, Spud. Gold and silver, silver and gold. Can I hang up now? I know my mom's going to come home any minute and there's so many chores I have to get done. Besides cleaning my room, I'm supposed to clean the cat's litter box, vacuum the rec room, check and see if the Christmas tree needs more water, take out the recycling, run the dishwasher, go get some stuff in for- Dude, dude, we don't don't have time for you to go through the the whole to-do list from your mom, okay? You know, honey, if your mom wasn't coming home soon, I would drive right over there and give you a hand with those things. But it would be very awkward if she came home when I was there. That is messed up, yo. Yeah, yeah. what's up with the tension with with you and his mom, Aunt Dorothy? It, It seems like she hates her guts or something. She doesn't hate Dorothy's guts. She just is experiencing a bit of separation anxiety about me getting married and leaving the house. She's very fond of me, I guess. As am I, babe. I'm sure sooner or later your mother and I will develop a friendly relationship. Uh, It will just take time. Maybe a long time. Hell will freeze over. Nonsense, Chance. Take advantage of the holiday spirit and try to bring those two together. What?! I know, with this pandemic, having an in-person get-together for them would be tough, but how about setting up a Zoom chat, uh, just the two of them, on Christmas morning, when everyone gets home from church? We haven't gone to church on Christmas since, well, I don't remember. Uh, That seems to be a growing problem in our society these days. I blame it on Netflix. The devil himself must have helped bring that into this world. Shut up. Well, then count me as a fan of Satan, as life would not be nearly as much fun without Netflix, and Hulu, Um, and Amazon Prime, and HBO, and Showtime, of course, and, you know, and... And, and that's why I know you will successfully make it through the holiday season without doing 
serious bodily harm to yourself, Spud. You are a survivor. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. I guess. I don't know. The uh, only sign-off here is I'm about to be christmas out doing this thing. <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Also, Merry Christmas. Uh, Feliz Navidad. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, have a great Kwanzaa. And yeah, for you devil worshippers too, uh, cheers, okay? I think we covered everything. Later. The Christmas shopping bag now says goodbye. It's been a barrel of fun. Just keep that Christmas twinkle in your eye when you greet anyone. We have songs to sing and things to say. Now we wish you all a very happy holiday. But we'll be back to visit you Till then, adieu The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, T.J. Pikes. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harvin. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. I just don't like to make toys. Bumbles, bumbles.